from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. I try to bring heat coming in off of that music. <laughs> I'm beat today. You are? I am beat. By this amazing weather we're having? Well, that listen, spend 10 minutes out in this and it'll it'll destroy <laughs> you. It's brutal out here. Yeah, I wouldn't. I couldn't spend 10 minutes. No, I actually went to uh, a comedy show. Our, our friend of the podcast, Joe List, was in town at a uh, comedy club in Fort Worth and uh, I went to go see him, but uh, I couldn't work it out until the the ten thirty show. Oh, geez! So the so show, that's why you're moving slow today. The show starts <laughs> after my bedtime. Well, and ten thirty—that's not probably not him. That was probably the opener, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had a host. It was fantastic. He's a local kid, a uh, guy. He's older than me, I think. No, he's not. He's younger, but still. <laughs> um, and then uh, a New York guy was the feature and then uh joe list being from new york so yeah so i got home about two o'clock gosh a.m i don't understand why humans do this to them see i'm i'm often up till 2 a.m but i'm never out like till past That's midnight a huge difference it is because you can't just go home and go straight to bed ever no i did i <laughs> fell onto the i didn't even make it to the bed i just <laughs> fell asleep on the floor see that's my problem I, if whatever time i'm home you're gonna definitely add at least two hours and by the way, at a comedy club, typically, there's a two-drink minimum. Really? See, I didn't know that. Yeah, so you pay the... I found other clubs have those. You found the, Comedy clubs have those. You're 15 bucks to get in, and then you have a two-item. I should say two-item minimum, but obviously <laughs> most people is two drinks. Right. I, I had two drinks as well. Two bottled waters. <laughs> that was my minimum. Five dollars each. Yeah, which I, that was fine. You yeah. know, supporting comedy, whatever. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I wasn't going to drink and do all that and get, you know, I mean... I have to be sharp and ready for this <laughs> That's right. broadcast. <laughs> oh man, so I'm dragging. So you're you're gonna have to really pep it up. Oh geez, there you're it is. Li- Look, he did it already. <laughs> it's incredible on me for the energy level. The pep is in his step. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I'm excited because Nick Curio saved tennis this weekend. Right before he tried to ruin it. <laughs> so let's not get crazy here. All right. He's, no, he saved it because now I have someone to hate and I can actually watch. It's great. It's like Tom Brady in the NFL. You need somebody like that. Well, typically we'll try to go one section men, one section women. The problem is women did <laughs> nothing. Right. Nothing this weekend or we this al- week. We almost had an American winner. That was about oh, it. Sophia, what did I say? She's too small. <laughs> no, she's going to be able to do some stuff, you know, but right. it's not going to – she can't hold up against, you know, the power of the ladies these days. Yeah, it's funny how she just kind of – we're starting to hear her name a lot, but we'll see if that means anything. Yeah, because nobody else is playing. Right? I was going to say, nobody it's not in the marquee week. event. We won't be hearing her name next week with Indian Wells. Now, I'm sure it's lovely weather and everything down there in Acapulco. <laughs> but uh, I, listen, in deference, hey, I, I get one word in every week. In deference. It's the same word. No, not even close. In the in deference to um, those that uh, really celebrate women's equality and do so very loudly on Twitter, <laughs> um, I will say it is a little off-putting when a tournament is a dual-gender event, and not, and it's not that the prize money is slightly different, less or more, because right. I don't care about that. Who cares about? Yeah. You know, but when it's, you know, a higher level tournament for one gender and why even bother for the other? I mean, I yeah, think that doesn't make any sense to the me. The women's purse was like $58 and a used <laughs> lipstick, if I may be so sexist <laughs> as to assume that women need lipstick right. from time to time. <laughs> um, that That's the only thing I don't like about it. Because first of all, even if we wanted to watch the women, there's no chance because the the broadcast is not going to show, right. no offense to Sophia Kennan, they're not going to show Sophia Kennan. Yeah, I think I saw one or two matches the whole week. 
on the tennis channel because you had, you know, marquee names. And it should have been that way. Right. Because the men's tournament was so much bigger, but it's almost like, why do you put them together if you're not going to take advantage of having broadcast opportunities back right next to each other, showing, you know, just adding depth to our viewing you know, uh, the product. Well, and so maybe was that why it seemed like the hours were so weird? Like it seemed like the men's matches were on so late. Is that cause they were playing the women's matches earlier and then they put the men's on later or cause I don't think there's much of a time difference, but it seemed like it, it was so late there always. But I yet, don't know. But yet the women's matches were never on. So they were at the same facility, I presume. Right. But it just, uh, yeah. Acapulco is the, uh, same time zone as Texas. Yeah. And so, so they were central starting the matches here. Most matches were starting at 11, 12 o'clock, the final matches. I think every time show, zone should be the same as Texas. That would make <laughs> everything a lot easier. Um, Kids going to school in Australia that's in right. the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, so what? They're cooler. They might like that. America. Uh, but yeah, it was, yeah, it made the women's, like, you almost wish there wasn't even a women's tournament because it was just so. How dare you, <laughs> sir? So much worse. Yeah, and it just, and again, it just. We know, we're looking at it, and we know because, you know, come on, we're high-level broadcast journalists. Um, but, you know, average everyday fan is looking at it and saying, why aren't they showing the women's? Right. Acapulco is a what? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what level it's called. An international <laughs> Yeah, we talked, we've already something. gotten all that, who knows. Two fifty, two hundred fifty thousand dollars $250,000. It's, it's, yeah, so. Yeah, and I don't know why, like you said, if they're going to combine them, why not just make them both higher level? Like, what does it matter? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure it has something to do with the WTA. I mean, it's their schedule. They can't just. Yeah, they can only have so many. Yeah. And, and, and they grant those tournaments. But, I mean, the men's is a 500. Right. That's, that's not a nothing. Right. I mean, the draw was a nothing, but it's not a nothing. <laughs> uh, that was a decent draw. It was okay. I know. I, it was all right. Um, that was another thing we talked about. We had two 500s. So, we had, if you had combined both the draws, it would have been amazing. But instead, they were both, you know, pretty good. Yeah, and and I think for the players, particularly the big three, they like it because they can unofficially stay away from each other I for, think, yeah. for another week. And yeah. Dubai is Dubai. I mean, Federer has been going there. You know, I mean, that's his thing. So uh, they've been friendly to him and vice versa. House there, and, but why? To me, it was funny to have Acapulco be on hard court. Like when I think of that tournament, I always think of it as on, on clay, and I know it's yeah. always been hard court. There's no reason for it to not be clay. <laughs> right. it's, it's in Mexico, and it's preceding right. the clay court season. Well, and we have a hard court. We have two hard court 500s, where I've, which I've said doesn't make any sense. If you had a clay court 500 or a hard court, that to me makes a little bit more sense, although neither really makes sense. But yeah, um, I could understand why they want to get ready for Indian Wells next week. I guess. Well, I I mean you are you are excited to talk about Acapulco. Yes. Is that fair to say? Yeah, even with Federer in Dubai, I thought that tournament was much more compelling. Well, I didn't me. know if it was a Nick Kyrgios tattoo on your <laughs> chest or the fact that you came out here with, in here with no shirt on. Either <laughs> one tells me you're excited to talk about Acapulco. I'm actually over the moon excited <laughs> to talk about Dubai. How about that? Well, see, the problem with Dubai, we had the exact same outcome we always say that we hate. No, no, I know. <laughs> I know. Just hold on yeah. to your britches, sir. Because um, we never disagree, because I'm always right, and you tag right <laughs> along, which is wonderful. <laughs> but can we stir up a little disagreement here? Would you, Or are you just being a little a tongue-in-cheek saying, obviously, Kyrgios didn't save tennis, but do you, do you find that his run in... Acapulco, by the way, which became famous for from what show? I thought you were going to say Neil Diamond. So I don't the know. Love Boat. <laughs> Is that where they went? That's I guess I can't remember. It's the eighties, <laughs> man. Yeah, I just wanted to sing. That's my that's my real future. <laughs> that's really what I'm going for. <laughs> no, I for the first time I'm going to go back and listen to this podcast to hear how it sounded. Yeah, that was great. He is the most the player I'm most interested in going in Indian Wells. And again, I'm not a curious fan. Not just for car wreck uh, reasons. Um, not no. Normally, it's only for that. This next time, it's more than that. To me, what was the most interesting was seeing every player. Well, hold on, slow down. <laughs> I want to try to build up this this hatred yeah. we're going to develop for one another. <laughs> so, 
so That's out of the, building for years. So Dubai, you do feel like, okay, same old, same old. So we can talk about it. There might have been some good matches along the way, but hey, it's still Fed winning. Yeah, I, I would say, yeah, it was very predictable and same old, same old. And then Acapulco, you feel like, uh-oh. It was like totally chaotic. Here's something wild. different. Yeah. Here's something different. Old John Deere, you know, uh, Bass Pro Shops wear, hat wearing um, MAGA country, Isner didn't win. Is that what you're happy about? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and All right, so Acapulco, go ahead and tell us, tell us what went down in Acapulco overall. Well, sum up the week. Kyrgios beat three top ten players uh, and, and Walrinka en route to winning the tournament. And Who, by the way... I will concede in in terms of your argument. I will concede that I think Warinka is maybe Warink. He's almost he a hundred. Really, he's he almost a hundred percent. He's just missing the A. Yeah. So he's Warink and not Warinka. But I mean, you know, he he just he didn't have a tough road, but still. Yeah, well, he needs he does need to get seated though in these bigger events yeah. because that's going to make a big difference. He's having to battle real early. But yeah, I just, um, what I thought was most interesting was the fact that Kyrgios was doing the most ridiculous, just everything. <laughs> and yet every player seemed to succumb to it in one way or another. So am I wrong to say that he is an absolute a-hole? But more importantly, because yes, the answer is yes. So you're about to answer, but hold on. <laughs> that, that goes without saying. No, I don't think you're wrong to say that. But I will tell you what it seemed like to me this week. He just said, I'm a I'm all in on being an a-hole. Yeah, he reminded me this week of like a visiting NBA player. He wasn't fighting it. He was it just was like, like please this, boo me when I make this three. I'm going to be this guy. Right, which I think... Makes a big difference, I think. Well, I think that's really great to do that in a team sport when you have home and away. I don't think it works in tennis to antagonize right. the fans. Right. Now, unless you, like, maybe if you're American, you got a ton of tournaments in America... Like in Australia, you got like two, so right. You can't be a fan favorite tw- two weeks a year. That's going to be really, yeah, going to beat you down after a while. The alternative is to understand you have fans, but then be dumbfounded when they don't come out and support you, or aren't vocal, or there is opposition to you, and not understand why and yeah. fight it. And I didn't get to hear his press conference or his post game. I wish I did. I had heard he was pretty cordial, <laughs> but I kind of wanted to hear if he was going to continue that. I was hoping he would. You know, I was hoping to say, "Well, thank you guys so much. You really supported me all week. Like, uh, couldn't have done it without you." Like, totally sarcastic. I would have loved that. But no, I just thought it was amazing that he was doing so many things that through the opponent's life, like then match against Nadal. I don't know if you saw it, but at one point he just tossed the ball up and served. Nadal wasn't even looking at. It. I wasn't even ready. And Nadal was like totally complaining. They had to replay the point. It was like a big ordeal. And I'm like, you know what I've said? I'm like, good. Nadal doesn't get to walk around for 10 seconds and adjust right. his shorts. And, like, he should get to serve whenever he wants because that's how it's supposed to work. Now, in college, the rule is the server and the returner get to take the entire time. Really? Yeah. I never knew that. Yep. So there isn't. I wasn't using that in college. That's a Well, you play regret. pretty fast. <laughs> I know. I could have been using doesn't, all that time. The sun doesn't agree with you. And so... <laughs> <laughs> no, so in college, you, you know, both both uh, players get to take the full time. Of course, the the goofy, almost contradictory rule in, in professional tennis is you have to ser- play at the server's pace right. if you're the returner. But yeah, you can't serve to the returner's ready. Which doesn't make sense. Right. So what's going to happen at it all? Is he going to get a time violation if he's not ready? Yeah, nothing ever happens. We know that. Well, they don't even give, yeah, well, they have the... Shot clock now. Right. But it doesn't matter if nobody's at the, you know, ready to return, then then he can't return. So, um, and in all his defense, he does, he is putting a lot more effort than most players into his point. So if he wants to go towel off after point, I'm fine with that. I don't like it when somebody gets aced and then goes and towels off. Yeah. I'm like, you didn't do anything. Right. You can walk to the other side. That's ritual, not need. Right. But, no, he did that. He was doing the crazy drop shots out of nowhere. He was doing the tweeners that made no sense. Um, and he would just give points away randomly. And I know, tell me if you agree with this, but to me the hardest player to play against is a player that doesn't look like they're trying. 
people say hardest player to play is someone who's injured. To me, that doesn't bother me. But playing someone who's not who doesn't well, look like they're trying, playing somebody that's injured, I think that is one of the most overused cliches. Yeah, it's so hard to play a wounded duck. I don't agree with that. No, it's not. Yeah, I've never agreed because with that. if you're limping around and you can't run. You can't just turn it on out of nowhere and be 100% in a second. Right. If you're semi-tanking. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, curiosing, whatever he <laughs> whatever we call that. I like that. Let's make that a verb. If um if you're doing that, then you can lull me into thinking, you know, okay, I'm just going to spin yeah. it in. I'm just going to get balls deep and he'll spaz. Well, because here's what's happened. You'll do the same thing that works five times in a row. And then do it the sixth time, and he decides he's not going to let it work that time, and you just get amazing winner past and you. Have you. No, right. And then it's like, well, that worked the last five times. What do I do now? So that that seemed to like happen to everybody. It reminded me of that Djokovic-Monfi match. We're in the slam when Monfi was just like lounging around, and all of a sudden Djokovic started making errors out of nowhere. And Monfi won a set, I think, and was even up in the fourth at one point. And they were like, he, was, he acted like after it was a strategy, which totally it wasn't. He right. just thought he had no chance. But Djokovic lost focus, so I think that was what was happening this week. And then in the final, he just he was focused all the way through, and Zverev was overpowered. I think. Yeah. Well, again, we talked about the next gen, the next next gen, the big three, and then the 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 big everybody else, right. whatever the rest of the big you know four is. Yeah. And there's like five big fours, right? Which doesn't make sense, but just. <laughs> Focus. Well, those five for four add up to the other any one, one total, other right? Exactly. <laughs> Not even, but so the big three plus. Well, yeah, they kind of do because yeah. you know some of them have three. That's true. Some, you know, Marinka, so Chilich, they Del get Pucho. in the mix. They yeah. get close. Um, Murray, you're right. If you include uh, Murray, then you're right. Of course, I'm right. <laughs> so you have the big three, which we know: Fed, Nadal, Djokovic. Then the big four means the fourth spot is a, a conglomeration of Delpo, Chilich, Warinka, um, Murray, Delpo. Burdich, maybe. Yeah, but he's never won anything right. but in, in any event. so, And I think Kyrgios is sort of that Burdich. He's not the right. next gen. No. You know, he turned pro before the rest of those guys did. Well, he's, yeah, he's he was maybe the first next gen they started talking about when Federer and it all were on top. Well, he definitely was sort of the next, oh, this guy's super talented. Right. Yeah. But he's in the age range of like team. E- except and- <laughs> the fact that he's not. Cause well, he's- and it probably helped him, honestly, the fact that he played four huge name players in a row because he was super motivated in all those. We've seen him when he's played, you know, some no name that's ranked below him. He doesn't care. <laughs> so I think that may have had a lot to do with it. He was, he's always, he's got like a 500 record against the big four. Yeah, he's two and zero against Djokovic. I just found out this week. I guess he is kind of next gen. Him and him and Zverev tur- both turned pro in twenty thirteen. So he's he's yeah. So I guess he would be considered that. Um, but again, your contention this year is that he has sparked something in you deep inside, um, <laughs> but that it's like uh, he's sort of shown you something that the possibilities and i say slow your roll he's still next gen they've all they've all <laughs> right. done this a time or two. Oh, and i don't think he's gonna now i mentioned to see if he does but i still don't think he's going to like to me the most likely outcome of Indian wells is for him to lose in the second round first or second round to isner <laughs> <laughs> or but i think if he were to make a semi-final Indian Jack wells Sock. i would say wow he's like turned it around and this is interesting now well here's one thing that i often do that i'm going to admit to on this podcast because first of all i care about the fans <laughs> and i care about you i don't but <laughs> i will certainly take credit for a, a player who starts out as a freshman in college as a hothead or has whatever you know maturity issues and then by the time they're a senior they're playing their best tennis. Yeah. But you got to keep in mind, they start college at 17 or 18 and right. finish at 22. And guess what? There's some natural just, you know, nature taking its course, so to speak, maturity that comes along with just going from that age of 17, 18 out of high school 
to a senior in college. Uh, and so, to some degree, maybe that's where he's starting to go. However, his behavior didn't change. <laughs> Just how he handled it right. changed. But that could be all the difference. Well, and let's just say he saved three or four match points against Nadal. If he loses one three. of those, we're not even talking about him. True. Because then he lost second round of the tournament. And big breaks deal. his racket. And yeah. Same so, old, I mean, same old. it just shows you how fine the line is to winning the tournament, getting 500 points to well, lose the second round. And it's, and it's a fine line the other way, too, for the most part, except the fine line never gets crossed by any of these next-geners. Right. Really. You know? Um, and some of them... They get up to the line every now and again and get nowhere near the line many other times. Yeah. And so that's where that's where I wasn't sure you were going if you think this is a real indication of something to come. One thing you have in your favor is every single day, every single match, the big three <laughs> get older. And yeah. I don't mean mathematically, We've of course. We thought that for five years, though. That's the problem. Right. But I, I'm just looking at it thinking – all right, is this you know is this uh, is this tricking Corey into thinking maybe you know? <laughs> well, here's my problem with him. I don't think he's ever gonna be in the top fifty in terms of work ethic. Um, so he's not gonna be the one that's gonna stave off the next next gen, right? In my scenario, but in but at the same time, if imagine if he did become top ten in work ethic, he'd have to be a top five player. Like Roddick, that was one of the reasons Roddick retired. He said, I cannot work any harder than I already work. And I'm, and I'm fading now. My ranking's fading. Right. So I can't work any harder. Whereas if Kyrgios gets to 20. Come back, Andy. You <laughs> could be top 30 today. And he says, you know, hey, I'm 20 in the world and I'm doing 50% of what everybody else is doing. What if I jump that up to 80%? Right. But like you said, that wouldn't require, you know, maturity. And, and and I don't know what kind of work he does physically, you know, I have no idea, but he does none in terms of emotional control. None. <laughs> right. Well, he doesn't even have a coach. I don't think it has in years. Mm. Um, Crying shame. And so that's the other thing. And the other part is I don't think he's ever going to care as much as the top 50. And somebody said, oh, he, you can tell how much he cares. He threw his racket. I said, that's not an indication of, I said, there's two different things between caring and to me, caring means putting in the effort to get the results you want. That's caring. Everybody yeah. cares when they're on the court. Everybody cares that they look like an idiot in front of thousands of people right. and you know millions on TV. Everybody cares that it's not going perfectly how they want it. Yeah. That's not what he cares about. But that, I mean, if I now, go play, anger does indicate that sometimes. Right. Anger certainly does indicate that, that that a player does care sometimes because you do put in all that effort and you've built up that sort of credit. So once it doesn't go your way and it's a tight match and you know yeah. you make one bad choice and you're mad about the whole thing, but I don't think throwing your racket every you know after the first game indicates you know, <laughs> your maturity level and how much you effort you put in. Yeah, when if I go play golf tomorrow, which would be the second time in about five years, and I hit my first shot in the trees and throw my club, that doesn't mean that I care. Yeah, I cared that I did, did that, but that doesn't mean that I'm trying harder than I ever was before or that right I, or that I really want to win I think we're going to play golf tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> um, if it wasn't 24 degrees yeah, exactly. for a high <laughs> uh, but yeah I just I'll put it this way I am interested in a player and I haven't been interested in a player in a while Tsitsipas I'm interested in long term so well let me just get so I am not reading it correctly when you were excited about Kyrgios in re relative to the the grand scheme of things. You're more excited, and, hey, at least we got one tournament, one one more tournament out right. of the few that we got to see a payoff yeah. for this kid's talent and his ability level, as opposed to here we go again. What a waste! And it's and it's really an empty feeling when he's out there on the court and does nothing. Right, and that's what it's been the last few times he's played. It's like I've watched him and I was excited and I didn't get what I thought I was going to get. And so we this did. time I got what I thought I was going to get. And we did. Yeah. yeah. But I really got more than I thought I was going to get, so that makes me optimistic for the future. Well, I hope he listens to this podcast. because, <laughs> And I'm going to DM it to him on Instagram yeah. uh, this episode because here's the thing. I don't hate any player. First of all, as we've discussed before, I don't know these people. <laughs> I don't know them. Right. I've never met. Well, I've met some of them. 
Uh, one of them did go to TCU. I have a connection to TCU. Yeah. So, you know, uh, but I don't know that guy. I don't know Cam Nori. Right. But I'm, I'm cheering for him just because of the connection. Yeah. But I don't know any of these people. So I don't dislike or like any of them personally. I probably not like any of them personally. And even if you meet him, you still don't know him. Like and the friend I, I know, Met Curios, she doesn't know him. Exactly. You know, he was friendly to her for five minutes. And now she's the biggest fan ever. Right. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> but that the, the, what you just said in terms of him, Kyr, Nick Curios, not living up to what our perception of him is, is what causes the, the issue. Yeah. Um, because we want to see people take full advantage of a skill or an, uh, you know, God given talent or whatever it is that we may not have. And it's like, you son of a, right. if I had that, I would, you know, we kind of live that way through him and he disappoints in that regard all the time. But if you step back and say, Hey, he's a tortured young man right. inside for whatever reason, I don't know his business. I don't know what he's been through. Uh, but certainly, if he's one of those type of guys that's been handed everything because he's been so talented since he was so little, then of course he's going to be like this, you know, or, or anything else. I mean, anything. I don't know what his life story is. Well, and I think people, if he retired tomorrow, I don't think anybody would be mad. Now, a lot of people would be sad and say, oh, that's you know, depressing that he's retiring and could never get together. But right now, it's like more of an anger. Like you said, it's this guy's out there and he's obviously so good. But he won't do, you know, the minimum. I shouldn't say minimum, but what the vast majority of other pro players will do. He won't take advantage of the gifts given. Right. Um, ungrateful. He's so ungrateful. That makes us angry. Him quitting, not even going out there, that wouldn't make anybody angry. Just say, okay, well, if you don't enjoy it, why are you doing it? That's what I tell right. everybody in, that yeah. I coach. I'm yeah. saying, if you don't like this, don't do it. I don't tell anybody I coach that. They'd all quit. <laughs> uh, no, they love me. I'm great. I'm great. Uh, I will say as a coach, though, I can see him in players I've coached. Not you, sir. Not you. I was max effort all the time, baby. Yeah, because you had zero talent. (laughs) So you're quite the inverse. If I never learn a real backhand, does that mean I don't care? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, I've seen you mouth the F word on a court, though. uh, And that was last week. That's right. Uh, It's it's quite funny. Uh, But yeah, so... So as a coach, I'm looking at Kyrgios and, and, and I get a little perturbed uh, because I see, you know, because he's not doing anything. It, it's not like he's doing some amazing new thing no ever human's right. ever seen. Right. I've seen a Nick Kyrgios on a team more than once. Yeah. So it's not um, an amazing thing he's doing. And furthermore, he can come out of it. Right. But he's got to get in there and really look at himself and and make the decision to do it or what he's decided to do is jump right in the deep end yeah uh both feet which is fine i don't you know whatever that's it's his business but if he accepts the role of being the villain i think he'll have a lot more fun yeah i think he experience a lot less pressure and i'll love that in tennis because we need that. exactly but he's not doing it to be a brat he's doing it because he can't control himself and he's like well hey i can't control my emotions I can control this though. Right. I can be a jerk within reason. Let's not be, you know, let's not be smacking little kids when they ask for autographs, but you know, that kind of thing. Well, and I don't think we haven't gotten into this yet, but I don't think he did anything ever unsportsmanlike during the match. During any of the matches that I saw. I mean, the underhand serve got some debate online. Nope. Is it within the rules? Yes. All right. And by the way, did it go in? No, so why are we even talking about it? He didn't even make the serve, right? And we're talking about it. And Nadal's out of the screen, and he's doing an underhand serve. But what's funny is if he'd have done that overhand, ten miles an hour, nobody would have said anything, right? Because it was underhand. For some reason, it was inappropriate. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm not, I but I feel the same way. If I had played somebody that does an underhand serve, I do feel like I feel sort of insulted, and I don't know why. Because you're mad because he just pointed out I'm slow as dirt. <laughs> In or Nadal's case, he's he's pointing out, you take this ginormous risk that nobody's figured out how to take advantage of. Yeah, and that's you put your butt against the back wall to return these big serves. And for some reason, no one. If I played Nadal on a regular basis, or coaching a player that played him on a regular basis on clay where he backs what, I'd say drop shot all day. Well, because he, even if he gets it, 
you got a hell of a lot better chance of him being at the net with you Language. than in a baseline rally. No, you're exactly uh, right. So, who cares if he gets to it? You know, now you're going to assign. You could possibly assign. You know, um, motive. Why did he do it? Yeah. But if if he said if it wasn't him, if it was somebody who was quote unquote a lesser player that maybe never had a chance to beat Nadal, and he's just out there with notepad and and drawing different angles and, <laughs> and thinking up different strategies, and and then he does that, and then somebody asks him after the match why. He, well, listen, he's so far back. My serve doesn't have a lot of power. Right. He's really hurting me every serve. I had to get the ball below the net. I had to get him moving forward instead of you know stepping into the ball and all this other stuff. It would be wonderful, and everybody would cheer the guy for being a genius. Right. Kyrgios does it because he's an a-hole. Yeah. And people call him an a-hole. Fair enough. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't know what what the strategy is there outside of just getting him to come in. Like you said, if he's going to stand that far back, why wouldn't you do it? And I thought it was pretty funny that Federer defended him, but I can't ever see Federer doing that ever. No. Because he's so confident in his serve. And I think that's why Kyrgios doing it was a little bit, he's like got an amazing serve, so why does he need to do it? Well, if you got Nadal standing 75 feet back. Yeah, outside of just, like you said, to mess him up. Right. Which, again, that to me this is the number one thing you need to do when you play Nadal, and Kyrgios did that throughout the match. He never let him get in a rhythm. Well, some other things besides Kyrgios, because I, I do think if some of the things come forth uh, to fruition that we've talked about, like Nick Kyrgios embracing the bad boy, and just getting after it. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that mattered to me in this tournament was Warinka just working his way back. Yeah. And again, another example of somebody that's not next gen. He's part of the big four, and he just leapfrogs everybody. Right. I mean, in a matter of months. I mean, they, he could fall off a 100 story building, and in <laughs> six months, he'd be top 10 again. I mean, so he he's starting to come around, which is good. And I think. It, you know he may not be able to beat the big three, you know, on regular regularly, but at least he threatens them, and yeah. that adds to the depth and makes me happy. Well, and you had to feel really good about Zverev until the final, <laughs> when he just no. didn't put up much of an effort. Don't feel good about Zverev ever <laughs> at all. Well, he goes in the final, and that was the other encouraging thing about Curios. Curios played long; every match he played was really long. Yeah, but who did he beat though? So well, he, this means Zverev beat no one. Yeah, but that's what I'm thinking. Curios going in the final; he's played these marathon matches against these big name players. He's limping around like he's got to be exhausted, and in the final, he looked like normal. I mean, so he's got to be in better shape than we how think. How unbalanced did that draw seem? Good lord. <laughs> well, Curios, that's probably. I bet that's if not the best, the the hardest draw anyone's ever won a Masters on. Maybe. It's got to be close. Or not a Masters, a 500. Yeah. Because you beat three top ten players to win a 500 and a multi-Grand Slam champion on top of that with Warinka. So I can't – and yeah, Zverev didn't have to beat anybody till the final and didn't beat anybody. <laughs> didn't beat anybody, <laughs> yeah. So, All right. Well, good sales pitch <laughs> on your tournament. But I'm going to destroy your, uh, well, that wasn't really your argument, but that's what <laughs> I'm setting it up as for the purposes of drama. Yes. But we're going to talk about why Dubai mattered, even though the result was exactly the same when we come back. It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com. To get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. Dubai, baby. And by the way, does anybody care about the Brazil Open? <laughs> it's a 250, which is not nothing. No, but it's, it's on right now. We're not talking. Oh, no, it's over, I guess. Yeah. Uh, clay court, for some reason, we're in the mini hardcourt season. I don't know why we're playing clay. <laughs> um, yeah, Pella. Pella wins his first ATP Tour title in Sao Paulo, Brazil, at the Brazil Open. Oh, that was his first title? Nice. Yeah, look at that. So there's something. Well, and it that it reminds me of the old days when you had these clay court specialists, you know, doing something. Like I was... I would you know let's say this again so you can make fun of me, but I do fantasy tennis, and so I'm looking at these players I can get for the French that nobody has, you know, and it's like 
I'd bet nobody has him on their team, but it's right. like, should I pick him up just for the purpose of the friend to see if he can win a match or two? But that doesn't happen anymore. There's like, of the last like 10 yeah. years, I can think of one guy, like Chechenato was one of the only guys of recent memory who kind of came out of nowhere and made it. And I think now, he only made the quarter. Well, here's the thing. We get clay court specialists, but they don't get that far They anymore. don't. That's so, what's crazy. You know, I don't know what it has to do with. Maybe, maybe you know, slowing every other service down. I, I don't know. Or but is it just it could just be that everybody now is a baseline player. That's probably so you don't have the baseline specialist anymore because everybody's a baseline specialist. Right. So the ground strokes are not as flat yeah. anymore. So they're not skidding through on these services. You don't have the certain volleyers getting crushed like they used to on yeah. clay. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Well, and there's such a separation because I think it's hashtag the weakest era. Yeah. Our weak hashtag weakest era is the hashtag I'm ta- hashtagging. And I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Does that have is that have some connection to the whole trending situation? Yeah, I think it's well, okay. trending. Usually, is a hashtag, right? I guess. You're I asking. think it. I think when it's trending, it just means how many people have used. I'm asking that a guy with no Twitter, <laughs> um, and yet I might still know. And I'm a guy who doesn't know how to use Twitter, right. so it works out. Yeah, trending. I would assume that it takes a certain number of people to put the hashtag in their tweet for yeah. it to be trending. But that's what's funny is because people can hashtag whatever they want. Like right. it could be hashtag bologna sandwich. Like it doesn't matter what you hashtag, but I guess if just a lot of people are hashtagging it, then it's trending. Well, hashtag weakest error is what we're going with <laughs> from now until forever, this podcast, basically. But anyway. But you're going to talk us into why it's not, maybe. Sao Paulo over. Good. We don't talk about that. <laughs> that was They got their one minute. There we go. Dubai, baby. Now, what we had is... The one seed being Key Nishikori, right? You've heard of him. Mm-hmm. Somehow, somehow got by the uh, ever, <laughs> effervescent Benoit Pair <laughs> in the first round. <laughs> Squeaked by. Squeaked by. Four and three, so, you know, kind of. Uh, but no, we had, so we had Roger as a two seed. And, uh, going and for his 100th title. But, going for uh, his 100th title. Was anybody excited about that but him, by the way? All this stupid videos from players saying <laughs> oh i didn't even see Hello, that. in their dumb languages congratulations on your hundred well not their dumb languages all in english but their dumb accents and congratulating like anybody cares <laughs> um so they have to be more sick of it than i am talking <laughs> about how great roger Federer is hey would you come film this video like talking about how much better this guy is than you oh, exactly sure. exactly that's ex- all right so <laughs> that's not why i, don't I hope they got it. paid which i'm sure they didn't no, 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 no. It was just, it was all Instagram or like they all did it themselves, I think. Yeah. I'm and not, I mean, if he's a nice guy to them, then that's, that's deserved. That's fine. And at some point they just have to admit, yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting a hundred. I'm not getting, since the pass <laughs> in the, in the, in the uh, post-match, like the ceremony uh, presentation for the trophies for the uh, Dubai singles uh, said something like, you know, I just hope to get to a hundred wins, much less a hundred <laughs> tournament wins. Uh, oh, yeah. He laughed. He's a goofball, which I he's yeah. he's the boy version of Osaka. Yeah, uh, just you know, just goofy. Well, and Isner just got four hundred wins total, and Federer's got one hundred tournaments. That's quite a big difference. A few. Yeah. No, no, no. But each of those tournaments, he had twenty five rounds. Yeah. So he nothing. <laughs> I don't know. I that wasn't even funny. I apologize. Um, All right. So what we had is we had Dubai and Federer. They might as well change the name of the tournament to the Federer Open, right? And he wins it, and so you're thinking, well, my goodness, it's the a, a milestone. Uh, we see that once a week, right? He wins a tournament over a bunch of chumps. We see that once a week, yeah. Well, when he plays, <laughs> and so how possibly could coach come in and think this is amazing? I'll tell you how. <laughs> Stefano Pass is the truth. Yeah, I watched him quite a lot. And that fella is the truth. So, now he turned pro in 2016. So, he's 20 years old. and So, he's definitely next, next gen. He's the first Grecian? Yep. No. Greek. Okay. Grecian's Grecian is a formula. Sh- yes. <laughs> you remember that. That's what Federer is using now. Hopefully. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, he's next, next gen. So, he's my hope. Right. So if he leapfrogs and gets up to like twelve Grand Slams, 
I oh, win. I was about to say at this rate, he only might need six or seven. Well, it, well, yeah, because he's going to pass all Murray and Blow yeah. exactly. So anyway, so he'll be the big four by himself. He'll right. be the fourth greatest of all time, apparently. <laughs> so, so he's in that next group. So, and everybody matures at different you know paces, both physically, emotionally. Well, that's why you've always said it's not based on age; it's based on when you became pro, right? So, but I'm watching him, and first of all, he's a pretty big fella. He's like six four, yeah, six three, six four, with the hair maybe six eight, <laughs> like that Fletch, you know, nothing. <laughs> so he, uh, by the way, his dad's his coach, which, whatever. I don't think I even knew that. Yep. Um. So, so 2016, next next gen, and I'm watching the kid. He's a big kid, but he moves f- fantastically. Oh yeah, fantastically. And I think it stuck out to me this tournament more so than before. And why is he moving? I'll tell you why. Because he can do everything at any part of the court. Yeah. He's got a, you know, his serve, no problem. Forehand gets a little, you know, error prone sometimes, but still, he's a youngster. Yeah. Uh, but it can be huge, and he can he can also shape it. Um, he's got a one which is wonderful, and he's got a more turned-over grip, it looks like, than Federer, so it's closed a little more so he can get a little heavier yeah. on his backhand. You know, more like Warinka or, in an extreme case, uh, my favorite player of all time, the Frenchman. Yes, <laughs> gay. There he is. You know who I'm talking about. You know, he's got an extremely, you know, right. Western one-hander. Yeah. Um, and so, so, you know, he's good on both wings, he can also improvise, groundies wise. He's all over the place, and he's he's really maybe it's because everybody else is horrific, but his volleys, his net game, it, it stands out. Yeah, to me. Well, and what is impressive to me too, especially for a young player, is that he actually goes in on the right shots and covers the right spots. Right. So it's like, yeah, you know, having good volleys are one thing, but you got to be able to get up there. He actually comes in when he's supposed to, because you'll see him come in a lot and they'll miss the passing shot, and it's be like, wow, it didn't seem like you know. That was that great of an approach, but it's because he stood where he's supposed to stand. He hit the approach where he's supposed to hit it, and he. So he, in other words, he makes them hit the most difficult shots on passing shots. And a lot of those guys, they just run in haphazardly and they have no idea when. That's what Kyrgios took advantage of. He was hitting just drop shots, and they were coming in randomly and hitting it right to him. So he would be my number two in terms of players I'm most excited to see ending Wells, Kyrgios than him. So why Kyrgios? versus why is he is curious ahead all right so let's finish talking about before we get sidetracked that's what we always do but <laughs> yeah we so, can save any wells so seats of pass loses in the final which on the on the on the surface you're like well of course right but the difference is he hasn't done it 57 times in a <laughs> row and he did just beat fetter right at the ao and so and fetter australian open was the most um, of any opponent that's the most motivated he was i'm sure to play him meaning that was the match he cared about more than anybody else he could have played yeah um whereas Tsitsipas was more focused on that top 10 ranking probably which he got the match before so here was uh Tsitsipas's um his path so he played Matt Abden Australian yeah who's all of a sudden back in like right the top 60 right three sets then he plays somebody a qualifier from I don't know where uh <laughs> Jerasimov, so he's from Belarus hmm. or some country like that. Uh, then he plays Her Hubert Hercox, Hercax. Yeah, I don't know. It's quite a draw so far. Either way, it's inappropriate. Um, <laughs> so then finally, he gets somebody Monfils, who has been ball in this tournament. He has been. He yeah. played well this tournament. Um, shorter hair. <laughs> Apparently, he's in love uh, with the the other uh, tour player. Yeah. Yeah. Svitolina. Is that who it is? Yeah. Yeah. So, I well, mean, I'm he, married. That was a brutal match. I'm married, which is why I'm not heartbroken about it. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so so he had a tough one against Monfils, uh, three-setter, 4-6, 7-6, 7-6. So, I mean, it was. And I think he saved a couple match points. It was drawn out. It was a tough one. Um, and then, of course, Fetter, which was 4-4. Four and four. Right. Um, and so, you, I mean, he played three sets, three sets, uh, pretty straightforward and Federer was getting pushed earlier, but the way he plays now, his matches are just not grueling. 
by design. Now, he did have a tougher round. I mean, he had Verdasco, he had Cole Schreiber, Verdasco, who were OGs, but still. Yeah. And then he had your favorite men's player, Fuksevix. Is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> uh, oh, the way they pronounce it is Fuksevix, which is... Disappointing for you <laughs> at, at, at best. Yes. And then he played Borna Chorich. What do you think his least toughest match of the entire tournament could have been? Well, yes. I know the answer. Borna Chorich. <laughs> yes. The next Jenner, yeah, who just got smoked two and two. Oh, well, and again, he was motivated for that match because I think he beat Federer last year once or twice, and that's what—that's the only reason I said I was disappointing. The outcome is that what nobody has done in the last fifteen effing years is beaten one of the one of the big four and backed it up when they played him again. Although we're lumping him in based on he's he's not the big three right and he, he is part of the group that didn't do it again but he hasn't been a person that hasn't done it again you know what i mean yeah and he's so, not in his prime yet exactly these guys have done it their entire careers they haven't been able to do it exactly and i hate to get all goofy because people do this on tv <laughs> i was thinking this as it was happening and then i push it out of my mind because it's childish nonsense <laughs> But I felt it, so I want to share it. During the trophy presentation of the singles, uh, he was talking about how Cesar Pass was talking about how you know he was watching Federer as a kid when he was like <laughs> six years old, a lot like Federer did when he played Sampras. <laughs> um, and I was like, well, there it is. That's the reason Cesar Pass is going to be the greatest ever. <laughs> well, he just he- seems like he actually gets it. I mean, it's like. I just don't feel like he... I think he still enjoys playing. You can tell he enjoys playing. Seats pass. Yeah, he just doesn't... I mean, he has a, has an all-around game, too. I mean, that's... so many reasons to like him and to see a bright future with him that you don't see in some of these other guys. Um, I mean, look at Tiafo After his big run, he's lost first round two tournaments in a row. Yeah, which, you know, as an American, I'm like, wow, I'm bummed out. But as a, as a tennis fan, I'm indifferent. I mean, I... You know... The only reason I pull for him, he's an American. Right. You know, if Pass is American and Tiafo was from Greece, uh, you know, I'd be, you know, wow, this is the next great American. I wouldn't be, you know, nobody be forcing these all these Americans. Jack Sock is really going to, what? <laughs> Wait, he's 200 and what? Uh, you know, so. Well, yeah. and, and someone, you know, this is harkening back to a few weeks ago, but somebody, a few people I knew were so upset how bad Pass lost in it all at the Australian and I was like trying to explain that. I'm like, he beat Federer. I'm like, do you understand that people don't beat Federer in slams? And certainly not people under like 20. Right. I mean, that just doesn't happen. And so to expect him to beat both, that just never was going to happen. And somebody who's been watching him since he's six and yeah. he's still learning. Now, three years from now, two years from now, if they're both still playing and both both Nadal and Federer well, played at a high. top five in the world. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and he beats him. You know, then I think he'll be more in a, in a position to handle it emotionally because you come off that high – it's hard to get hype back up. Right. Back to, you know, so yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, when I think he beat somebody between, remember he beat Bautista after Federer, so that oh, was yeah, what yeah, we yeah, thought yeah. was impressive is that he did, that he after didn't. his biggest win of his career, came back and won a tough match. Right. So he's done so many things different than other people have done. So just, so just which this is the worst phrase, I hate everyone <laughs> that says it, but I'm going to say it. The eyeball test. Oh, yeah. God, I hate that. I do, too. But, but with that being said, just what, as a coach, I, I think to some degree, the eyeball test is, you know, merited because I put my eyeball on players a lot. Right. Not literally. That would hurt. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have any eyes left. But uh, just watching him play and watching all the pieces and kind of looking at what he's got to offer, he's the truth. And And guess what? They've said that about everyone. Right. I ha- who they I haven't. No, I don't either. I haven't, and so I am actually predicting that this one's the truth. And out of all these youngsters, now I haven't seen enough of FAA. Yeah, he's looking pretty good. Felix Ozier Aliasim. I did get to see him last week i didn't get to see him much this week no i, I just mean the breadth and depth yeah, yeah. of results that we've seen with seats of past right so i haven't seen a lot of him uh and so it's hard to sort of um compare in that regard because he's kind of in that same you know um 
age range in terms of coming up. He's a little bit younger. Yeah. Um, but and he may be next. I mean, he turned pro, you know, 2017, so he's sort of a year behind. And he's two years younger. Um, so physically, he's going to fill out uh, at some point, which is going to help him tremendously. Right. Because uh, he's a pipsqueak, man. <laughs> he, yeah, he's FAA so, he's is so a, thin. He's a youngster. I mean, he looks still childlike. Well, and the reason I hate that term eyeball test, like you said, if we took the 128 players in a slam, like you said, and right. took away who they were, you, there's no way you'd be able to rank them anywhere close to what they actually are. Great point. Because that's so little to do with it. Is So to me, eyeball test, you're not really saying eyeball test. You're looking at somebody and... I'm looking at evidence in a match right, that I was watching what they do with my eyeballs. More their decision-making, their, yeah. you know, all that. So, but yeah, not basing it just on results is what that right. means, basically, which he's got both. I mean, he's right. got the results and... He's, he's starting to pile them up, yeah. So... And um, I think it, people are going to say, well, of course you, you think he's going to be great now. He's top 10 in the world. But it's like... Like you said, everybody who's top 100 that's under 20 Zverev is, gets hyped up so far. Zverev has been three in the world for uh, <laughs> how long now? I don't think I'm picking him to be anything. So who's winning a slam first between those two? You mean how many <laughs> will pass win before Zverev makes it to a final? When do the big three retire? Djokovic is winning the slam this year. Yeah, that's what we've said. And then next year... I'm willing to give Nadal the French at best. Djokovic is winning three minimum. So you're taking nobody. Zverev is three in the world. Yeah, and he can't make a semi. I don't care what anybody says. If I'm sitting here saying that I'm picking seats to pass all of a sudden out of nowhere, Isner's been in the top ten for however long. Team is eight. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care about any of them. Any of them. And I don't think either of us are going to be shocked if those three... Kevin Anderson is five? What are you talking about? You know, I haven't seen him for months. Ridiculous. But those four you just named, I don't think either of us would be shocked if they won a total of zero slams for their career. We would be shocked if Tsitsipas didn't win slams. I'm predicting that Tsitsipas will win a Grand Slam tournament before any next-genner. Chorich, Team, Zverev, um, even... So- even big, you know, even like the KAs and Roundich and, 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 and Nishikori, the ones that are just so a little older. anybody but Big Four. Big big Four, which is the three plus the five guys that equal right. the fourth. Yeah. Those guys and seats are passed. Yeah. Anybody younger than seats are passed and anybody in between those two, not. Yeah. Seats are passed is the only He's like Neo. He's the one. <laughs> He's the one. Does that make me? That reminds me of an article that I read that said, should well, Keanu on. Reeves have an Oscar? Does that make me Morpheus is the question. <laughs> See, I never liked By the way, those that's, movies. That's the Matrix in case so anybody getting, doesn't know. I never liked those Ma- movies. The so first one was there. fantastic. The other ones, you know, whatever. But <laughs> The books were even better. No, I didn't read the books. I don't know if there is books. I was going to say, I didn't know there were. There's no chance I, I would have read them if there were. <laughs> um no, I am inclined to agree with you. I just, I totally see him being the next big thing. And I think we're both partial to one-handed backhands. Not the next big thing, because that sort of engenders like, um, not gender, but, you know, uh, that he's going to be like the Zverev or, you know. Right. No, he's the next real thing. But see, we never we never Fair said enough. or thought Zverev was the next big thing. Right. People do. I'm oh, actually I, going out. I don't ever make predictions, so I'm going out on a limb yeah. with seats of pass. Yeah. But he's the one that's going to prove that we were right. Hashtag weakest era. I don't see anything in his game that means he can't. Zverev has a lot of deficiencies in his game, despite the fact that he's three in the world. Mental game and strokes. There are people on my Division Three team that have better volleys than he does. Yeah. And I'm not telling a joke. Right. It's it's insane. Which that's what I thought was funny. Kyrgios drop shotting him. I'm like, that is actually a player that makes sense to drop shot yes. all, all day. Yes. And he actually used it less in that match than he had in the others. Insanity. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people that are better at volleying than he is, and many of them aren't even on the tour. <laughs> but yeah, it So that's to me is why Dubai was way more important than Acapulco. Although for excitement short term, the Kyrgios story now has just taken an uptick. Well, that's what I mean. To me, 
he's going to now be seated in the next few tournaments he plays. Right, so he's going to be fireworks. Right. But Seats of Pass is now a slow burn. Oh, yeah. He's going to be a campfire. He's just going to stay stay hot all night. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Many people think he's very attractive. I, You know, <laughs> listen, I wouldn't know. But uh, he is like a campfire. He's going to stay hot all night. Well, I think the reason I'm excited about Curios is because, like I said, who knows – he could play this tournament, not play again for six months, or not win a big match for the next six months. So, for this turn, for CZ Paz, I'm excited to watch him play the rest of the year. Anytime for Curios, I'm only excited about the next tournament because who knows what happens after that. I'm not excited about Curios and Wimbledon. He could be off the tour by then, or injured, or back in his doldrums. Who right. knows? So I'm just excited to see. Oh, can Curios actually for two straight weeks, you know, keep it together? Well. I uh, it just gives me joy and hope seeing seats of pass and really, you know, hey, I'm putting it on the line, baby. But what was it about this week? Because it wasn't that he made the finals; it was just that you saw him. I think I've seen him more all in a row, yeah, um, and paid attention. Because we haven't been able to pay attention to anybody. Well, the slams—I don't let you watch anyone except well, the big four. There's been so many to quote-unquote watch right that it's like okay he's finally stood out to me i guess is the way to i would it. love to have like tennis magazine from the last 10 years and see like players to watch <laughs> uh, yes. or like and i probably have those magazines but yeah to say like players to watch or up and coming and see how many of those like just did nothing yeah, and we need a sound effect from a, a '80s game show when they lose <laughs> burp, burp, the whammy or the or whatever yeah, it is. Pressure luck, the uh, whammy sound. <laughs> because yeah, I think uh, they would be a tremendously. Wrong. And again, it, part of it is their job to hype up players and get us excited about the. I mean, so yeah, I uh, mean, we do this once a week and we just jabber for right, an hour. Yeah. they have to write art, you know, pay, fill pages. Yeah, you know, well, monthly. Every, everybody wants. That's the thing about us. I think people are so eager, like they want to be the first one that identified this player. Like, oh, yeah, like I, I, I knew it when he was sixteen. He was going to be, you know, number one in the world. Yeah, I mean, there is something to that, but only from a fun standpoint. I'll, yeah, I don't think if I say this is the next great one four hundred and seventeen times in a row, <laughs> if I get it wrong all the way up until the four hundred eighteenth, that doesn't make me a genius. Right. I would rather lay back in the cut. And just observe what happens and say, wow, he really came from out of nowhere. Or she, you know, from the women's side. But, um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I was just happy. I, was just, I just had a smile on my face watching uh, Dubai for that purpose. And it, I think it would have been a fairy tale for him to win right. again at Federer. Totally. And plus, after all the three setters he had, it would have been tough as well. But... You know, because he's got a much bigger body dragging around a court than Fe- you know, Feder six one. You know, well, two and, and a half- has learned how to just make points so short. Yeah, but he- two and a half, three inches taller. I mean, he's a big boy dragging around the court. Well, and to me, the other positive of CT Pass and watch me jinx him, he'll lose first round any wells. But he doesn't. He doesn't lose early in tournaments. Well, none of us, neither of us, will be shocked if Zverev loses first round. And that's one of the things you've been talking about for quite some time. That indicator that yeah, this cat can lose. To anyone, right? What is it? What are we doing? <laughs> Even Halep, as great as she is, you know, she will lose first round. That's why we never talk about her being the next, you know, right? Legendary player. To me, that does separate the highest level of players. Because I mean, when's the last time you see, have you seen Federer, Djokovic, or Nadal lose the first round of a tournament? I mean, it all lost outside round. of a wacky right draw. Like I mean, Warinka, if he would have come yeah. back unranked and kind of matched up, but like. Yeah, in the current seeding format, one one for four, you know, where they rent, you know, they right. seed one one every four players. You get the good ones spread out, and then you know, since it is the weakest era, some of those <laughs> seeds are even worse. Right. Yeah, and so you, you're definitely hard pressed to see anybody outside of injury these big three lose to somebody, even well, like Kevin Anderson types. I mean, yeah. they don't either. Well, I think Federer lost second round again who knows how long this was could have been two three years ago but i remember saying it was like the first second round loss he'd had in a slam since like 2001 or something i mean so you're talking about like 16 years he went without losing in the first two rounds of a slam yeah and you just i mean and to me that's what cc pass 
he's always going to be a factor in the tournaments, and that to me makes it interesting. And that's how you develop a following too. Like Curios can't develop a following when he's not in half the tournaments and half the ones he's in, he's out first, second round. Yeah, you know that's that's what makes it hard for these new players to generate interest. Even team, I feel like he's out early in a ton of tournaments. You never see him at the the deep end of the tournaments unless they're clay. Yeah. Well, Curios, I mean, you know, the one funny part or fun part about that is that is that the sort of, I mean, he's not officially the head of, but he's the face of Australian tennis. Right. Is Leighton Hewitt. He used to be sort of an a-hole. And I think he was a little mischaracterized as an a-hole. I think, I think he was just competitive. I think he was super competitive and didn't give an inch. Yeah. And the whole thing with James Blake, uh, again, I don't think that was racist. He was accusing two other people of being racist. Right. Which, how that becomes racist, I don't know. But, you know, they've got some jokers over there. I mean, Tomic well, what's funny and is Kokonakis I feel like idiots. Australia was known so much for, like, sportsmanship, Gentle, tradition. Sure. And now, yeah, you're right. Look at their top. I mean, I'm not even going back to the 70s, but think about, you know, like Rafter. Uh, Rafter. Yeah, he was such a gentleman. Yeah. Had any issues. And yeah. now we have Kyrgios, Kokonakis, and Tomic. <laughs> I mean, Demon Hour seems like a nice dude, right? Yeah, and Ebden. I've never heard yeah, of any issues yeah. with him. Yeah, but it's just kind of funny. And yeah, they're all, well, Tomic's not young anymore. He didn't have that excuse. But by the way, there's something I never talked about. You know how Kyrgios lost to Tomic match point in January? No. Tomic hit an underhand serve for an ace. <laughs> and so he did that, no criticism whatsoever, and then Kyrgios does it exactly like what you said. Of course, Tomic is not even well-liked. But Kyrgios does it to at all, and all of a sudden it's a big issue. So Kyrgios just had it done to him like a month ago. And he saw, like, oh, did this he, guy just aced me. Did he, did he like, make a face not about at it all. at all? He just he was laughing. He went and shook hands. Now, that was an exhibition tournament. It was that Kuyong. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... You know, maybe if it was a bigger setting, he would have been upset, but... Yeah. Well, I think uh wasn't quite the disagreement I was hoping for, <laughs> but, but you know, slight difference of opinion on what's going to happen, but I think we're pretty still pretty closely aligned on, on looking at it. Well, I um, think what you're saying is you're fine with the tour being in the hands of Tsitsipas. What I'm saying is this podcast is taking a turn. We turn <laughs> the corner now, and I no longer need to hate men's tennis. Yeah, whereas I'm saying I'm not going to hate it next week because of Curios. <laughs> well, all you know what I'm getting at is yes, Seeds of Pass is going to be the lead player for everyone younger than him, and hopefully there'll be some people that can come behind him and and fill in those gaps yeah. for depth. And boom, one by one, they're going to start replacing those Zverevs and teams. Yeah, and those guys will be relegated to 15 to 30 for the rest <laughs> of their careers. So we need a Curios Tsitsipas uh, first round at any wells. How dope would that be? <laughs> well, that would probably be bad because Curios would probably win somehow and then lose next round. They'd both be out. Uh, yeah, hitting tweener serves. The second week. Underhand tweener serves. Again, as long as it doesn't bounce, it's legal. <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. All right. What do they got to do? What do they have to do out there? What do the fans need to do? I'll tell you what <laughs> they need to do. They need to spread the word. Um, we should have at least 3 million listeners a week. That's what I think. <laughs> Is that all you're asking? Yeah, I think that's enough. It seems reasonable. Uh, there's 300 million people plus in the U.S. Plus we have international uh, fans. So 3 million is not, you know, <laughs> out of, you know, I don't think it's out of bounds. Uh, but, yeah, so spread the word. Get, you know, find the link on Twitter at Tennis Rev Pod. Follow us there and then retweet the link. Share the, You can cut and copy and share it on Instagram because we don't send out pics, so uh, you're going to have to do that for us. Um, and then download it, obviously. Listen to it. You're subscribing to it, hopefully, not just downloading it. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, spread the word. Spread the word out there. Um, we do have metrics on our on our on the back end of our uh, hosting company that gives us by state and by country on where people listen. And so I'd like to see some healthy competition in some of these big tennis states and some of these big tennis countries. So, um, yeah, spread the word. Follow us on Twitter at Tennis Rev Pod, um, on Instagram at Tennis Revolution Pod. And, again, you will get nothing. <laughs> um, I, I think people don't get that or don't believe me because we we've had 
we had 200 at one point on Instagram, and it's been dropping. <laughs> and I don't understand. Again, yeah, because we've done, like you said, exactly what we say. We're always going to do, give you nothing to look at. No, that's no, not true. No bother. Yeah, no, 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 200. I don't think 200. I think it was 120. It was 200 on Twitter. Yeah, I was thinking we were up to 150s or 160s on Instagram at one point. I don't know. I make this stuff up as I go. <laughs> um, yeah, so follow us on Twitter. That You will receive actual content on that. Uh, basically, you will, um, you will get episode links both to YouTube, which we're on YouTube. We're big time. And, uh, and you will get um, links on our normal, to our normal um, iTunes or whatever for that. So uh, anything else? No corner? I think we've, the corner's gone. I, I'm letting you talk more somehow, by accident. <laughs> That's right. We don't need the corner anymore. We don't need the corner. you got your own I've little, got my own square. got your own room. <laughs> um, no, my corner would definitely be Curios. As I started it, I spoiled it right away. Curios is saving men's tennis right now. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, whatever it takes. I would I'll totally love to see Federer Kyrgios. Kyrgios and anybody. I just don't want Kyrgios to flame out early. I want to see. I like to see how players. That's one of the things I've always loved about sports is seeing how the big best players react to something unusual. <laughs> yeah, especially in tennis. Yeah, and they failed this week. Yeah. So, but it's like in golf, watching the players have to play in a thirty mile hour wind, or you know. So to me, that's. <laughs> What's interesting is right how Nadal reacts when people kick his water bottle over. <laughs> I got it. He he was arranging those meticulously on a changeover oh, yeah. of a tie break. Yeah, I'm like, yep. what does it matter? I, I don't, I don't it's funny it. the similarities between him and Borg. <laughs> it really is. All right, well we've rambled enough, and then yep. we stopped, and then we started to ramble again. <laughs> so follow all the things. Uh, find us on Spotify. We're on Spotify now. Apparently that's a big deal. I'm not <laughs> sure what it means. We're on everything. Stitcher iTunes, all of it. YouTube. Go find it. Google Play, YouTube. You can find our podcast at iHeartRadio. I told you that. We found, I found it there, too. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. It's frightening. And you know what? Just come on into the studio and let's do it live if you can't. <laughs> if you don't have a smartphone and you just, just do that, it's fine. Yeah. Um, you just can't talk. We'll turn your mic off, but uh, come on in. One fan at a time. That's how we're growing this thing. Getting one fan in the studio at a time. <laughs> So, all right. That it? That's it. Thank goodness. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. And again, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. See you to pass.